Welcome to Pulp Fliction. I am your weekly host, Brandon Rabar. I'm joined as always by Jacob Crisip and Rachel Jameson. And this week we're going to do something kind of cool and different. We're going to review a classic movie. We uh, are going to count down our top five most shameful, we haven't seen the movies on our top five list. And in light of that, we discovered something that something that was uh, <laughs> yeah. how would you describe it? shocking? Well, yeah, I just, upsetting, disturbing. Yeah, it was sad for me. Sad. Yeah. Tragic. Would you I, go so I far actually, as to call it tragic? Well, actually, I was driving on the highway and I just threw myself out the car. So <laughs> while it was going, so that was you know anger. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I would compare it to. I would say it'd be like hosting a sports podcast with somebody. And then, you know, like just kind of in your downtime, you're talking with them, and they tell you that they never watched the uh, Miracle on Ice game, like any highlights of it. Like, yeah, I've heard of that, but never really watched any of it. Or, or yeah. like, yeah, never really watched any highlights of Bird versus They're Magic. Michael who? Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I guess I can't host a sports podcast either. I'm not qualified to do that. What we're talking about is our co-host here, Rachel Jamison, who we used to respect. Uh, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, good call. Easy now, no. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you ever listened to any of her list, you would know that we didn't. Uh, but turns out, do, do you want to reveal no, the... She hadn't seen E.T. It's surprised you didn't make me confess that myself. Yeah. Dude, maybe it'll make you feel better. Like, what, Rachel, is there something you'd like to confess? Guys, I hadn't ever seen E.T. until, uh, like, two days ago. That's and, just insane. And she's yeah, 30 years that old. Yeah, E.T. I'm so excited to talk about this with you. I texted her a couple times this week, like, are you going to watch it? Can I come over and watch it with you? <laughs> just wanted to watch, like, see if she was as happy as I was when I watched it again this week. See if there's, like, an And awe. I've seen it 30 times. Yeah. So. It's, it's... One of the classics of classics. It was a blockbuster. It was critically acclaimed. It is it's one on of the most. T- it's on all kinds of lists. I mean, like AFI top, yeah. you know, family movies. AFI top sci-fi. AFI yeah. all-time greatest movies. AFI. I mean, held, you're an idiot if you haven't seen these movies, guys. Like, Guys, I think everybody yeah. knows how big of a deal E.T. was. At no, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. I never disputed how big of a deal it is. Just, it is one of it. the iconic movies of all time. I mean, without a doubt. Um, still, at the time, it was the biggest blockbuster of all time. Right. And uh, it held that spot till 93 when Jurassic Park beat it out. And actually, what's funny is that E.T. beat out Star Wars for the biggest blockbuster. And funny enough, when Star Wars was re-released in 97, it beat... It'd be, it'd be yeah, that's kind of cheap though, because it got those yeah, ticket sales. Yeah. yeah, but whatever. And then, but like the the worst of it all is that Titanic ended up beating all that, and yeah. then Avatar ended and then, up beating Titanic. And ironically, Avatar beat that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon gave Avatar a nine though. He really liked it. That's uh, that's something for at least I saw it. <sighs> that's I did that's, see it, and I never <laughs> want to see and it again. Never watched ET. That's that's, that's a different that's a that's conversation a, for another day. Exactly. Spoiler alert: ET yeah. is way better than Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> way better. Here is the so, I am. Uh, 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 we'll get yeah, into yeah, right, uh, right, here. Right. Let's let's start off. Hey, with that. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't seen ET, then screw you. No. (laughs) Spoilers. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Just a heads up for the one other person on the planet. You should throw yourself out of a moving vehicle. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening right now and you haven't seen ET, just stop listening and go watch ET. Because we don't even watch you as a listener, much less a co host. ET is described this way by I am that's I'm joking, we want all the listeners we can get. (laughs) here's the imdb synopsis a troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape earth and return to his home world a troubled child elliot wasn't troubled yeah it's a pretty weak description yeah i would never describe elliot yeah i don't know who wrote that but fail on their part Um, if you go on imdb look at the three the three to choose from it's unfortunately the best (laughs) they had one. one sentence and they screwed it up yeah. It was written by Arbal forty forty two on well, IMDb. Whoever Phil you are, forty forty two. You know, I'm going to send him a private message and let him know that we talked to him and the link to our podcast. There's one more listen, listen, guys. 
Okay, so we are going to review E.T. It's going to be fun because Jacob and I both grew up with the childhood memories of E.T. Yep. E. as a normal person should have. And then Rachel, <laughs> uh, who's never seen it before, will get a fresh perspective on what it's like to watch E.T. as an adult for the first time. It's like time. a time capsule, right? <laughs> but like, I kind of so don't want to wait on... I kind of don't want to wait to go. I want to hear what Rachel has to say. Before we... Yeah, before that's a good... we kind of start throwing our, what we know here and there. Is that, is that cool? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's, let's hear from a first-timer, someone who's never <laughs> seen E.T., the extraterrestrial, one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, Rachel did apparently watch this movie when she was like one or two or three, but, I, but how I, do you remember that right i feel like i have probably seen at least parts of it in passing but i for all intents and purposes i have not seen it well i think with a lot of movies that will come up tonight we've probably seen a lot of movies in passing we've seen clips and things like that right so Uh, you know that you know he gets shot but i know i know (laughs) i know i I probably haven't seen et because i didn't know that they shared feelings and that seems like a major plot point that i would have remembered had I really seen E.T., like yeah. really sat down and watched E.T. Hear me out. Okay, we're going to hear I'm, you out. I'm excited. I I did like E.T. a lot. However, because I'm watching it as... as <laughs> already, <laughs> already, I said hear me out. I'm not saying anything. I, I will not say anything bashing E.T. this entire podcast. Say That's whatever guaranteed. you want to say about it. And well, no, because like I it, really then... liked it. But the deal is, I Throw feel like... Throw this hot coffee on myself. <laughs> I feel like because... Most people grew up with it. It was like the magic. It was the movie magic. Like you're experiencing this for the first time. You hadn't seen this kind of... It's a Spielberg movie. So And it came out in 82. So it's still like, oh, these special effects are amazing. I've never seen anything like it. It's magical. I'm transported to another world. I personally didn't have that feeling because it's 2015 and I'm 32 and I've seen this. My thoughts were like... Oh man, I miss practical effects. This is making me feel really nostalgic. Like, even though I didn't watch it as a kid, it even made when he's me running really through nostalgic. the uh, forest, clearly on some kind of a rail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Et moves like but he's on a skateboard. It's so, it's, it's so weird because Et like tiny little legs, but he can be really fast. And then you see you act, when you watch him walk, he walks really slow. But apparently, he can run away from. LA he's an alien, he guys. He has powers that we don't know about. Why don't you shut up, <laughs> guys? <laughs> Um, so to, so to say that I really liked it, I really liked it a ton and it made me feel nostalgic for the eighties and all that kind of stuff. But I don't get that same magical feeling. Like I feel like you guys probably do because you watched it as a kid and you had that wonder in your life and it was amazing and all that kind of thing. Watching it as a doll, I was like, man, I miss like, this is so well done and I miss this kind of effects and it was a good movie and I really liked, I mean, I I gave it like 8.5. So this is not... Yeah, that's, okay. that's, that's okay. great. Yeah. I'm just waiting for one of you to like flip how about, out. How about, I how about like directing in. wise? How do you you know how Spielberg hold up? Or since that was oh gosh, Spielberg what was his is third or fourth is, movie. Yeah. yeah, Spielberg's timeless. I mean, he, he's done it for thirty years now. It's amazing he's, that people could make movies like that. Just like a, a sci-fi, like that simple, that clean, that just real beautiful shots. I mean. I don't know, soft backgrounds, things like that. And they're still just jacking up movies today. Oh, yeah. I mean, practical, again, you know, we, we, I think we chime at home quite a bit, practical effects mm-hmm. and just how much further that carries outside oh, of, you know, movies yeah. this day and age. It was, I, I loved, I love the practical effects and it was very, like I said, very 80s because it was filmed in the 80s. Um, Drew Barrymore is adorable. Yep. She is. So freaking adorable. She is. And I understand. Like, you know, not having seen it, everybody's like, oh, E.T. kind of freaked me out when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, it's E.T. He's sweet, right? Like, he's E.T. But now, after watching it, I could kind of understand that. The sounds he makes when he's not talking as E.T. Nasty. Just, they're really freaky. Gurgly. Like, like <laughs> if I were Elliot, I would have, like, crapped my pants. There's no way I'd be going <laughs> after this, this alien. There's no way, even though he was super sweet. But, like, when he gets scared, it's really scary. Like... If you were in that position, that would be really scary. What would you think of Henry, Henry Thomas? Who's Henry Thomas? Elliot. Oh, okay. okay. That's, that's, a, that's all right. That's all Has right. he done anything since he was Elliot? Yeah, he was yeah. in Legends of the Fall. Uh, he was in Gangs of New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, okay. I don't think, I think he didn't do, he's, if he did anything else he's as a pretty child, much Elliot. we aren't real aware yeah, of gotcha. him. Yeah. Um, I thought he was okay, but not great. 
See, I really liked Henry Thomas. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Really, that, that's cool, though. I, that's, I, I, child, I get that because kid actors are so tricky, but maybe it's because I grew up with those, right. all right. those he kids. Was not, he was not a bad actor by any means. There was only maybe a couple times, and I don't even remember which p- times they were, that I was like, mm, that what, that like in what, so in what well. Overacting or, or cheesy? It or was what? some like, of the... But it was real, I swear. There, <laughs> there was some of it. Okay, like, as an adult. Elliot seemed a little whiny at times, but he's a kid and he's supposed to be whiny. Yeah, but that is, I can is, see that, that, is that I can really see on that. Henry Thomas, though? Uh, that's more script, right? No, I think that's on Henry Thomas. No, I think oh, it's do you think on it was... Henry Thomas? What are you going as for Halloween? I'm not going to stupid Halloween. Why don't you go as a goblin? Shut up. It's not that we don't believe you, honey. Well, it was real, I swear! What are you going as, Gert? I'm going as a cowgirl. So, what else is here? Maybe it was an iguana. It was no iguana. Maybe a... a you know how they say there are uh, alligators in the sewers? Alligators in the sewers. All we're trying to say is maybe you just probably imagined it. I couldn't it? have imagined it. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It was nothing like <laughs> Sit down. Like, like when he was yelling, like when they got ET and they're hooking him up, and then he's telling him to leave him alone. I was like, ah, oh, this like. And he's ripping off the cords, yeah. and he's like, he's mine. He came to he me wasn't, and slapped him. He wasn't exactly and... the best dramatic actor ever. You know, I like, watched that last night, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, that is kind of obnoxious. It's a little obnoxious. He's a little overacting, but it's fine. He's a child actor, and he's doing a really dramatic scene. So, like. You're Props being really harsh on a child. Here, here's the. Have you seen his? <laughs> because aud- I said that I he was good, not his great. audition. I watched it. Wasn't today. it so didn't good? You, didn't you yeah, talk about yeah, last week? Yeah, I mentioned week? it last week. I wanted to watch it. There, you can check out his audition for ET on YouTube. Uh, Maybe we can post it on and it's, Facebook. Or yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, it's a real. It just kind of like knocks you off your feet, like watching this child audition. Uh, and it blew Spielberg away because you can hear. Did you hear Spielberg? What, what at they the do end? is they're ad libbing and um, the, his audition. So they're mm-hmm. kind of they're supposedly like a a, a NASA agent telling him they're going to take ET away, and it's the president. It's a real weird kind of dialogue between him and the guy, and the guy just sounds like some kind of some kind of dorky whatever just agent talking right. to him. But like watching Henry Thomas's facial expressions as a kid, he's already like. Like tearing up, yeah. and his little twin, chin's little quivering, yeah. and all that. And by the end of it, you just hear Spielberg go, "It's okay, kid. You got the job." I mean, yeah. and then there's another one that IMD posted. It's actually, and they use clips from that same audition where it's the lady who was the casting agent, and she said that everyone behind the camera was already tearing up and crying. They're like, "Just get this thing over with because this kid's got this." Yeah, that's uh, awesome. It's just I mean, so great. Really good kid, little uh, you know, good kid actor, which is, can be hard to find sometimes. Yeah. So well, I, I guess, guess Rachel's I'm wrong, never. Then. I was gonna say Rachel's never gonna make it as a casting agent. It's a good thing you weren't there that day. <laughs> <laughs> You're really defensive about ET. It was a movie the first... that you just told me wouldn't even be in your top 100 movies of all time. Okay, that was what? before the well before the show. I told her that. Well, because I was here's the deal. I grew up. It was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. Mine too. 1982. I assume it came out in summer of '82, so I would have been five it years old. It came out two days before my birthday. Okay, so I'd have been five years old. Uh, it was the first movie I remember seeing, and I loved it. I loved everything E.T., and it was magical. Like, you know, and I grew up with I rewatched it over. We talked about it a little bit last week, but it took a long time to come out on VHS for some reason. But once it did, we, we got it, and we watched it a lot. And I remember it, that. That was pretty, that was weird. That Maybe, maybe you know, that time seems longer when you're a child or something, but it seemed like it took... Years for it to come out yeah, on VHS, it did. Um, but it it definitely felt magical to me, and I loved it. And I, like any kid in the eighties, we had ET dolls and masks and things like that. As an adult, I haven't watched as much. Missy and I, my girlfriend and I, watched it at a like on the big screen a year or so ago. Uh, loved it. I haven't watched it a lot as an adult, but I loved it as a kid. So. It would make my childhood top 10 movies of all time. As an adult, I don't know where it would land. Okay, well, I'm an adult, and I saw it for the first time, so you need to get off my back. (laughs) You're really defensive about everything I say about E.T., and I've said nothing bad about E.T. That's so funny that you saw it 
Well, I mean, I was two when I saw it, and your experience was just polar opposite of mine. Like, <laughs> plainly put, E.T. scared the shit out of me when I, I was a child. I can totally see how that the would be scary. The cornfield scene scared me to yeah, death. Yeah, it was a little bit <laughs> scary. Scared me to death. I remember I cried the entire movie, and I was happy at the <laughs> end when he died. I was I was I was ecstatic, and I remember Are you serious? looking over at my sister and my cousin, and they were bawling because you know he died, and I was like ear to ear grinning. Just I was so scared of ET, and then go figure. My uncle buys me an ET doll that sat on my shelf and just stared at me, <laughs> like my entire childhood. That doll like was faced the opposite direction. Uh, maybe because I felt guilty for putting it under my bed, but then we've all seen Poltergeist, so whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, ET scared me to death when I was a kid, but. You know, I think that's why I love it so much more now, um, certainly since I recognize the story. And I mean, I do watch it about every three to five years. Um, it is definitely in my top 20. And, well, see, um, it's funny that you say that because I asked my brother, because like I've said before, we are a very sci-fi heavy family, sci-fi, fantasy, all that kind of stuff. So you would think we would have watched this a lot as kids. So I asked my brother if he knew why we never really watched E.T. He has seen E.T., but... He was like, eh, I, I just didn't like it that much. It doesn't make but I also sense. asked him why we didn't really watch horror movies. And I guess before I was born, my parents let my brother watch a horror movie. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but it scared the crap out of him. So I wonder if my parents were like, we're not dealing with this again. We're just not going to let them watch horror movies. And so your I wonder, brother being a big wuss is the reason why you never yeah. saw E.T.? I, I wonder if they thought that maybe it would scare me. I don't know. I need to ask my parents about why we never really watched E.T. It's such... Here's the deal. The thing that's so great about E.T., well, a lot of things are great about it, but genre-wise, I mean, it's obviously sci-fi. It's fantasy. It's a family movie. Yeah, it matches it's everything really that we watched It's a kids. lot of drama, too. It's such a... Watching it as an adult, what really struck me was how warm it just felt. Like, it felt... Yeah, genuine. Just genuine, yeah. Uh, in a way, almost realistic. I mean, yeah, almost realistic. Like this, if if an alien were to come to Earth and befriend a little boy, I feel like as long as it wasn't some scary Sigourney Weaver type alien, this is what could happen. <laughs> right. And Spielberg is so good because that's where Spielberg's good. Sorry, yeah. He is. He's so good at presenting a blockbuster type movie, but giving it feeling and. What seems to be a natural reaction to what's happening. Yes. Sorry and there's me. such care in how he made movies. You know, like blockbusters back then compared to blockbusters nowadays. Such care in everything from the score to the shots to, you know, the relationships to character building and all those things. Compared to a blockbuster now, it's just kind of patched together. It's like, okay, as long as there's an alien yeah. in there, people are going to go see it. Can you imagine, like, E.T. reboot or E.T. in this day and age and, like, the spaceship and all? Yeah. I mean, it, how it could all be just glamorized? Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's something about the pace of this film that makes it so good. The the build-up, you know, fine between this boy and this alien. Um, but it's it's like, it's it's not exactly like it's fast-paced, right? No. I mean, it is kind of in the beginning when they first meet in that cornfield. But really, I mean... And it kind of happens a little quickly, too. I noticed that last night when I was watching it, you know, because I'll, in one second, you know, he brings A.T. in his room, you know, he plays plays hooky, brings E.T. in his room, kind of introduces him to Star Wars figures. Yeah, there's and, a lot of, there's a lot of cross-promotion. Yeah, absolutely. And then Gertie gets yeah. home, and oh, I'll talk about that in a second, but, you know, Gertie gets home from school, and it's kind of like, all of a sudden, that night, they're showing him the planets, and, he, you know, planets go flying in the air, and then all of a sudden, boom, like, it seems like in a day or two's time... Et and uh, see Et starts talking, does the phone home thing, and it gets real dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think kind of like they—that's when they start showing the signs that you know he could be sick or you know or homesick or whatever you want to call it. And it gets kind of—I mean, it—I think it just gets kind of dark in a way. It does. Um, and then, especially for a kids' movie. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, real eerie in a way. And then after all the, this is the part that my mother always brought up. I thought was interesting. When they bring all the, I don't know if they're NASA agents or whoever's in charge of alien department in the the United States. I don't don't know that lingo. But um, when they are all walking down the street, she was always like, that's just so overboard, you know, and then, you know, breaking in the house in their NASA costumes. And, but I mean, one of the greatest scenes right after that is, is the whole bike chase scene. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so many iconic scenes uh, throughout this movie. There is. Um, 
but I mean, just going back to the pace of it, it's just that's where you can still have like a great sci-fi. I mean, there's there is action, there's great drama, um, there's some good comedy. I mean, and it's what you're saying. It just goes to show you how Spielberg can tell a story, and and, and this was a beautiful one. Yeah, it was. You should give him his dignity. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um. Phone? He said phone? He said phone? Can't you understand English? He said phone. Home? You're right. That's E.T.'s home. first part better than the second part before all the agents show up and stuff like that yeah i like did you remember any of that did you see that coming i mean just you figured at some point it might just being smart at some point he's going to get i mean people are going to find him that's kind of the turning point of the movie without that climax that would have been weird if it was just like oh he came back and everything was fine and then he went home there'd be no yeah no conflict there. What about but, that scene though between e, uh, between Elliot and uh, Peter Coyote? His name's Keys, um, but do you know who I'm talking about? Nope. All right, so the guy oh, who the, always had the jingling okay, keys. Yeah, 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 All right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about that scene where he's just like, "Hey, I'm glad you found him first. Yeah. You know, it's something. I mean, it's kind of a bring you back down to earth. Like these guys aren't just bad right, guys. You right. Know? They're not here just to do an autopsy kind of thing. Right. Um, but I mean, again, it's where they kind of bring like a more human element to it. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about a couple of other scenes in it then. All right, let's talk about... Did it make you crave Reese's Pieces while you're watching it? Nah. Did really? you know that's a movie? They say it was James Bond, but supposedly that's a movie that sparked product placement because Reese's Pieces spiked 65% I know, and Eminem wouldn't that. let them use... Really? Yep. Eminem like, turned the deal down. Idiots! Yeah. Yeah. Idiots! It was like Mars, whatever, back then, and yeah. they turned it down, and so Dumb. they did Reese's, and it spiked 65%. Wow. Dumb! Yep. Dummies. And then they recognized that, and that's kind of really where product... If they did do it in Bond movies, but that was really where product hmm. placement took makes off. Sense. Well, because it was the biggest movie of all time that everybody ever would see. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked their kitchen. I don't know. That, <laughs> that scene made me super nostalgic. Like Things that they Rachel were, noticed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the kitchen was so 80s, and I loved it. And I was like, I want to live in a house with that kind of kitchen. Yeah. That house almost caught on fire, um, I guess, a couple of years ago with all the California fires that go on. But it stopped like right at the backyard. You also know that that house was in when uh, um, Gertie, what's her name? Drew Barrymore, when she was in Charlie's Angels. You know that house is in that movie as a kind of a cameo shot? I had no idea. You know the scene where Sam Rockwell shoots her and she flies out the window and kind I've of... I've got to be honest, I don't remember anything about No, that's that all right. Well, she flies off like down this little cliff and rolls up and kind of huh. runs up to the back door and there's, there's two little boys playing <laughs> video games. That house that she runs up to oh, funny. is the uh, the house that they filmed E.T. in. Really? Interesting. Yep. Hmm. Did not. Was yep. not aware. Pretty cool. Here's a kind of an interesting fact about E.T. I actually was going through all kinds of facts, but uh, here's some good ones on this list here. But the first one just says, Steven Spielberg's original concept for the movie was the story of a family that was terrorized in their home by aliens. He instead decided to go with a family-friendly movie, and the family in Jeopardy concept was developed into Poltergeist. Wow. Now, at the same time Spielberg was filming E.T., he was also filming Poltergeist. They came out in the same year. Crazy and and uh, Drew Barrymore um, was went and auditioned for Poltergeist as is it Susan uh, Susie the little girl's name Annie uh, Aunt, I don't know uh, anyway she went and auditioned for that and Spielberg was like hey you're not really right for this part you know I gave it to the other little girl and then he 
remembered Drew Barrymore's audition and then was like, well, I want to put you in this movie instead. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. That, that is, is cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Amazing how things work out. And now he's his godfather. And now he's her godfather. Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. I knew it had Ann in there somewhere. Huh. Yeah. How, how did you feel about the ending? Uh, where E.T. goes home? Yeah, where he goes home in the scene between him and Elliot. I mean, to me, it was really moving as a kid. And even as an adult, and I'm wondering because you'd never seen it before, I saw it as an adult recently and I was still really moved by it. So I don't know if that had anything to do with my nostalgic feelings or if you still felt the same way. I wouldn't say I was moved by it. I, but she I also have say, a heart of stone. That's true. Oh. Hollow Tim Shell of heart. <laughs> how, how about the music then? Oh, I've always loved the score. I wonder if you'd heard it before score. then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love the, uh, the piano opening. Uh, I think it's called Flying. Uh, it's a real beautiful oh, yeah. piano piece. Okay. Oh, yeah. The score is great. I don't, That's actually I the reason say... why I've always wanted to learn to play the piano. is because of really? that score. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say that I was overly emotionally affected by any of the movie, though. So, yeah, I watched That's it. And I was like, this, this is good. But I knew E.T. wasn't going to die. Um, I knew Elliot would be fine. Like... And maybe that, maybe because I went into it knowing these things, it was hard for me to like really be like, oh no, E.T. is going to die. Because I knew E.T. is not going to die. And I know Elliot's going to be fine. And so that, that build up of like, oh no, what's going to happen wasn't there for me. So it was just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, obviously E.T. is going to go home. I get that. I get that. But I knew it was going to happen when I watched it a year ago because I'd seen it. You well, know, but you. But times. the first time you, well, watched, you watched it, you watched saw it as before. a kid. Well, I know, but I'm, but I'm saying like that's when I was. But I was but still moved. But that's the deal with nostalgia. It lingers. You had that feeling when you were a kid. You'll forever have that feeling to some extent when you watch the movie. I didn't have that. I, so. I don't that's know how you could watch it though and not feel that way, whether you grew up with it or not. I think that well, there's because you grew up with it, so you wouldn't know. I don't think that's an un- uncommon reaction if you know how something's going to end. I knew how Titanic was going to end. I wasn't really that upset at the end of that. Exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different thing. Like they can both fit on the door. Come on. <laughs> uh, we need to do a podcast just on that because it drives me crazy. So me too. I'll never let you go. Peace out. Uh, but no, I think that's the thing. I, it's harder for me to feel that because I know exactly... There, there's another movie on my list that seriously the only part of it I have seen is like the last 30 minutes of the movie, which is probably the most effective part of the movie. So this is part of the reason why I haven't watched the rest of the movie. Um, but yeah, if you know how it's going to end, it's hard to be really emotionally affected by it like you would as a kid who was experiencing all of this for the first time. That's fair. That's fair. Thank you, Jacob. So <laughs> I, 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 got, I got you. But uh, do, you, do you have nieces or nephews yet? Nope. Uh, when eventually you do, are you like excited to maybe show them this movie, or is it like, let me show you this Friday the Thirteenth? I mean, I'll make sure <laughs> I'll make sure that they have their bases covered, so thirty-two years from now they don't have to go through this. Uh, yeah. but this that's definitely one of the ones on my list. It's flagged. There will make be. My nieces oh, it's yeah, I mean, there will be movies that I'm really excited to show them because like I didn't grow up with this. Yeah, and and seeing them, man, gonna those are gonna have higher priority. I can't wait to see yeah. the sparkle in their eye when they watch the magic that is Bill and Ted. You know, speaking of Bill and Ted, that was on the gym yesterday, and I just sat on a bike and watched the last 15 minutes of it. <laughs> it Bill great. and Ted's awesome. I hadn't seen it in probably in 20 years. Were you moved by the end of it? Uh, it well, I always thought the ending was kind of the, the coolest part about yeah, that movie. Yeah. Um, but no. <laughs> <laughs> E.T. was nominated for nine Oscars at one four including Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Effects, and Best Music Score. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about the sound of that. Okay, did you know that Deborah Winger was one of the voices for E.T.? Yeah, she, uh, the, really? other, the other lady, uh-huh. The other lady who really, was, I think, was the primary one, she smoked like two packs a day yeah, to, like to, yeah. get, to really get that. But Deborah Winger also did Crazy. voice work on it. Yeah. Did not, yeah. was not aware of that. So all that to Sorry, say, I'm really glad that I've seen E.T. now. No, we can mark it off the list. and that's We can mark it off the list. It was a good movie. I think I just have a different perspective of it coming from watching it at 32 to watching it at 5. No, I think that an 8.5, you gave it an 8.5 out of 10. And I think oh, yeah, that I that's, a, that's a high score. And it, it really is, um, I think. 
That's a fair score. I enjoyed it for different That's reasons a, than you did. Yeah. I think. Right. It, it does stand the test of time, though. It does. It does for sure. Was there anything else at the Oscars? You well, I just, I, I just, I just. Off. No, it's okay. I just. Uh, it was also nominated for best picture, best director, best screenplay, cinematography, film editing. I just think it's interesting, you know, because it it kind of yeah. shows the difference in back then and today too, because it was a blockbuster, and of course, the number one movie of all time at the time made. Uh, $359 million at the box office um, in 1982. But it was also nominated for all these Oscars, including Best Picture. So critics loved it. Audiences loved it. Um, you don't see that quite as much anymore, where the biggest blockbusters are also critically acclaimed and nominated for all these Oscars. So I just thought it was worth mentioning. It just it was a movie that everybody loved. Yeah. Except for Rachel's family. <laughs> well, you know, that some, some more to kind of pile on top of that, just as far as like kind of trivia and little things. Um, when that movie was being written, and I can't think of her name, she ended up marrying Harrison Ford. But Melissa um, something, the writer? That's right. It's But she's the one who wrote The Black Stallion, and she was kind of refusing to write the story. Um, anyway, they're on the set of Raiders of the Lost Ark, so she was kind of refusing it, and Harrison Ford... And Kathleen Kennedy and Steven Spielberg all finally talked her into writing this story. Wow. Um, which is pretty cool. Because, that I mean, because cool. it's weird to think that she initially didn't want to do it. Yeah, and now nuts. we have, like, one of the, you know, in, to some people, greatest movies of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa Matheson. Um, that now, is nuts. Yeah, Melissa Matheson. Some other kind of cool stuff. All right, so the teacher scene, the, the whole with the frogs and the yeah. dissecting. All right, now, for years, a lot of people always thought that was Harrison Ford. Had you heard that before? Uh-uh. Well, it's not, but Harrison Ford was in a cut scene. Interesting. For anyone who's ever wondered that. So there's a cut scene where he's the principal, not the teacher, and the teacher takes him into the office and Harrison but Spielberg cut that out because he thought that it would be too distracting for the movie. Interesting. Yeah. I do have a question though. And I just lost it. Well, while you're thinking about that, there's actually two women in this movie who are both uh, um, have taken a picture for Playboy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> is Drew Barrymore one of Drew them? Drew Barrymore is one of them. The other one's but the it, wasn't, it wasn't in 1982 girl. when she did it. Well, yeah. The other one's the girl, um, yeah. oh, <laughs> who, oh, who, Elliot, who Elliot kisses. The, her name's Erica something. Erica Ellen. Ellen. Ellen Ack. Yes. Something. <laughs> She's job. listed as Pretty Girl. She was in, the in uh, Baywatch. I yeah, that's that. that's how I knew her was Baywatch. Uh, that's how I sort of knew her name. Okay, uh, did I miss it? Did they explain why Elliot and E.T. are connected to one another? Um, like, I... like No. They never explained that. Okay. They just... It's I thought kind maybe of I missed it. I was like... Because they had this deep connection, and so they're one in sync, and that's just kind of really... It, it's all about the friendship, I guess. Aliens and children feel deeper than we do, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up, Brandon. You want to know the craziest thing to me, and I, actually, this is what I... Originally, the, the point I was going to make earlier was, the craziest thing to me about E.T. and all its acclaim, and all the lists it's on, the awards, and the money, and how iconic it is, <coughs> it is not on the IMDb Top 250 list. That's is really that weird. Is that not the weirdest thing? That has to be the strangest... It was on some list, because that's when I realized that I hadn't seen it. Maybe it's Rotten Tomatoes. AFI, well, AFI has it at, like, maybe number... Maybe uh, Well, Top 20, I think. I looked at all Well, yeah, lists, I mean, like, because so. critics and audiences, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. That is really weird. It, it it's got, makes, what, like, It's got to be the weirdest omission from oh. the Top 250 there oh, it's is. On, it only has a... 7.9 on yeah, 7.9, which is really high, but, but you know, all the ones on the ET. list are like starting around eight. I think that's kind of low. And, but it is low. For that's ET. where IMDb can drive me insane sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, and knowing movies like The Born Ultimatum are on the top 250, exactly. but yeah. I mean, ET we've definitely is, gone on record saying that IMDb is a very flawed list. Yes. No, definitely. So. It's a good even, guide, yeah, As much as we talk about it, you know, on, on here, we, we certainly recognize how flawed that list is yeah it's just a good kind of reference and guide sometimes but uh yeah the lowest rated the, the 250th movie is an 8.1 and uh, et has a 7.9 what's the 250th movie just care out of curiosity uh akira great silence silence that sounds about right it's it's an anime movie well that's what i figured yeah, yeah. so so anime some there's a lot of anime honestly there on is. there and uh no E.T., but I mean, then you got movies like 
towards the bottom, Beauty and the Beast, which I love. But then you got movies like X Men: Days of Future Past. I like that movie, it's not but it's on there, and ET's not. It's just weird. Uh, Prisoners, The Help. Golly. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Maybe if IMD were around in 1982, it might be a little yeah, bit different. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. biggest thing, yeah. uh, because movies who are um, older movies definitely are at a disadvantage. disadvantage it because hurts them on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb both, because why are you going to go back and review or right. write an old movie? Right. Most well, people, and, and they... almost always, if you review something in the past, you're going to like, you know, if you just walk out of say for instance boyhood you're like oh i love that was an amazing movie i've never seen like that 10 and like oh i haven't rated 18 a long time man i really like that i don't know it seemed seemed like about eight or nine right i mean like isn't that nice it's not that exciting good point yeah yeah hey uh so when you watched it did you watch the dvd that you had here i actually it was not a blu-ray so i went ahead and splurged and spent the four dollars and got it in hdx because it's a movie that i felt like deserved yeah to be watched in high quality. Well, you know, since we grew up watching it on like VHS, basically, yeah. I watched it for the first time last night in years. But since they, well, I think I've seen the remastered version. But what I saw last night, the movie looked so clean. Oh, it's it really looked clean. beautiful yeah. after they cleaned it up. I was shocked. Yep. It looked so good. Yeah, it looks great. Um, I really couldn't believe how much they cleaned it up. And I guess just the talents that they have to do that. Um, it was pretty cool. I don't know. I, I, I want to talk so much more about it, but I can't think of anything else to say. Oh, I was going to ask you, what were a couple of your favorite scenes that off the top of your head? Good question. Yeah, let's, let's go back and forth asking our questions. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really know. I don't. I mean, is you it bad? What about that one time when? No. Yes, it is. You, you can't I, think of well, okay, so I mean, how like, about, all the big iconic scenes are things that I say, like, oh, they're flying across the moon. How about, like, when Gertie runs in the room and for the first time and his head raises up and yeah, he starts I screaming, mean, I, I love that. that scary child. I love, yeah, I uh, love that. And then everyone starts screaming. I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. I feel like that was a leading question. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. What's your favorite there, scene? This one? <laughs> there are certainly scenes that we haven't really talked about that are they're just kind of well, they're fun to talk about in general, but just the reaction of these kids is the kids were such Yeah, it, they well, worked it would, so well together. It would be really freaky. Another yeah. great thing about movies was, back then, the kid characters were a lot more complex, more they had more personality and character. See more they more did. believable. More believable. Because I can't think of, I'll tell you all the times out. that like I will quote that the older brother I don't know his name because he was only ever in this movie it seemed like but it's like you stay here mom we'll check it out I mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean I, I quote E.T. quite a bit uh, any favorite characters no uh, now, I mean, now you're I just being difficult. No, I really, I mean, I, I liked all of the characters equally. I thought the big brother was kind of a jerk at the beginning, but he's a big brother, so he's supposed to kind of be a jerk. And then he was like, oh, there's this cool alien. Now I'm going to be a nice big brother, which makes sense. That's how big brothers are. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably Gertie, just because she was adorable. The Halloween scene. That was always kind of a fun scene. Yes. Um, which I just read this last night. So Okay, so you know when they're walking down the uh, the street, and there's a couple actually, uh, I don't know, I guess Easter eggs, if you want to call them that, that are in that scene. So where he starts walking towards Yoda and going, home, home. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny, Right, actually. well, that's why yeah. E.T. is actually in the prequel movies, the prequel Star Wars movies. Did That's you so awesome. did yeah. you know that they're know in there? That. Yeah, yeah. It's somewhere when they're doing all the Republican. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, I didn't think that was pretty funny. That's huh? so I did think that was pretty. funny. That was pretty cool. Also, once again, uh, Deborah Winger was one of the ones dressed up as the poodle. Huh. There's two separate poodle costumes, which is totally random. That is really one guy's kind of scary, holding a poodle, and then there's one who's dressed as a poodle. Either way, one of those is Deborah Winger. Huh. Um, what would um, be the first? word that comes to your mind when describing E.T. the character. Just Little. Golly. Well, I don't know. You asked me to say the I first mean, thing that came honestly, to mind. Honestly, I don't know if I Little could because I think he's thing. slimy. <laughs> I think he's adorable. I think he's really? sweet and adorable. He looks like he's sweating the whole time. <laughs> well, until he gets sick and then he's not gooey oh, anymore. Dude, you guys yeah. are so nasty when he turns You guys sick. are so superficial. You're talking all these physical <laughs> he looks, traits. I'm he looks like he's like eating powdered donuts when he gets sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking personal, you know, like personality traits. 
It was I, sad. I think he's scary. It was sad when he was laying in the river. That was yeah. probably the only part that I was like, oh, like that's sad. Did you like E.T. the character? Yeah, I liked. Did you think he was sweet? Did you think he was cute? Oh, sweet! I, I thought sweet isn't the first word that comes that, to mind. I don't know that sweet is it. He's he's just he's innocent, intelligent. He's, he's an yeah. He's intelligent, but at the same time, he knows nothing about our world, so he's kind of naive at the same time. Yeah, but he's like a little kid, but an alien. Yeah. So, I mean, he goes around, and he bumps into stuff, and he gets drunk, and he... <laughs> I mean, like, he... he Learns I, I don't know that I got... <laughs> I, I wouldn't describe him as sweet just because I don't know that we got a whole lot of character development out of E.T. We just kind of learned, like, oh, this is not a bad alien. Like, he's nice. He's not... I don't know. He, he has grew, no ill intent towards anybody. I would say anybody. that there is some development. He grew to love and care for Elliot. And I think that their relationship together... I, I feel like we see E.T. Their, grow. Their relationship is kind of one-sided, though. Because <laughs> Elliot is the only one that can talk, really. I mean, other yeah, than like, be see... good. Be good. Like, how much character <laughs> development am I getting from from an subtext. alien that just I'm actually, says, I'm actually with Rachel, I'm actually with Rachel says, phone home. <laughs> and, like, I like him. I have nothing against E.T., but I wasn't like, oh, this is one of my favorite yeah. characters of all time. I feel like in the beginning, he his, his only He's, concern is to go home, but he ends up you well, know, caring for Elliot. and he loving wants, but Elliot, still, so you see this other side yes, of him but still his come out, and he, comes, he becomes protective of Elliot. He becomes, yeah. I don't know, I feel like there is, he's not just this one note, you know, like, cardboard character okay, i feel he's like a, he's, he's a two-note character <laughs> he wants to go home and he likes elliot i feel like he really cared for the whole family right yeah because that's what I'm they saying. were being kind to him and so he how eerie is the scene when the mom walks in the bathroom and elliot and et are like i'm sick on the floor that was, it's kind of yeah, like it's a little weird it's disturbing in a way because yeah. what's so great is that of course uh, d wallace kind of just pours coffee out out of shock and right i mean you got just I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The music kind of plays into your emotions as well on that um, because it's, you know, sadder or something like that. But I mean, even as I mean, I'm not scared by any means. I just kind of reflecting <laughs> back to when I was younger or if I were, you know, if I was a kid. Right. There's just I still think it's just eerie. Uh, that's why I still. That's why I say uh, ET sound looks slimy or kind of gross. Or he does. He is I mean, a little slimy. They did a darn good job of designing him. Yeah, he does look slimy. <laughs> he designed out. He was designed after a pug, Albert Einstein, and some other guy I never heard of. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But anyway, um, that bathroom scene. I mean, that could still just be bothersome to a child. Clearly, me apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I don't know, maybe that's just, but maybe that is why I love this movie so much, just because of things that bothered me so much when I was a kid. It's a weird reason to like stuff. So. I know, I know. <laughs> but hey, I was scared to death when I watched The Predator, Aliens, Silence of the Lambs, I love all those movies now, so Fair Poltergeist, enough. yeah. I don't know. Any other uh, questions that you want to ask me and be disappointed about my answers? Nah, you've crushed me enough tonight. Okay, good deal. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <sighs> Any other last thoughts on E.T., one of the great movies of all time? I'd recommend it <laughs> well, that's good. for that's everybody good. who hasn't seen E.T., which is nobody. Um, the only other thing I want to say just to link to it is that there, you know, it's always rumored that E.T. was the downfall of Atari. Yes. Oh, well, I've the watched movie. a lot of documents. I know yeah, way watched, more about the so E.T. The, game the than Pitfall, I do about the movie. Uh, documentary? Is that yep. what you're yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, we watched, we watched, watched it. So kind of a cool documentary. Okay, so we all three know that it wasn't actually the E.T. game that what did it. No, no. But it kind of was a straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the documentary, I, can't, I don't have it at the top of my head, but it was on Netflix for a little while. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a great documentary. Kind of interesting. It was really interesting. And for how much they were pushing the, you know, uh, the development of the video game and for it just completely, you know... It was it was a terrible game. I remember it, playing it. I never it played it, but I saw highlights of it later. I was like, this is stupid. And it was it was so hyped when it came out. It was for the Atari 2600. And you just constantly fell in these holes, and it was so hard to get out of them. Oh, it was such a frustrating game. <laughs> it was such a frustrating game. That, that was the thing about E.T., though. It had tie-ins to everything. Yeah. I mean, E.T. was everywhere there for a couple of years uh it was kind of like at that point it really was it was kind of like michael jackson et so what you're saying is like all the hype had died down by the time i was two though they they wrote a sequel for it 
Um, but it never obviously never went. I'm through. glad. Well, yeah. they, they were gonna name him like Zerg or something like that, oh, and they, he was gonna yeah. take Elliot and uh, Michael and Gertie like to space and all that. Yeah, and Spielberg, Spielberg was in on this writing, really. And then they, you know, they scrapped. I'm glad it. they left it alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I can't think of anything else. All right, there we go. That is Pulp Fiction's review of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, be sure to listen to the podcast that we're doing where all three of us list our top five movies that we are most ashamed that we've never seen. And that's kind of what we did here. We thought E.T. was the most shameful of them all. So Rachel watched it and we reviewed Also it. known as the Rachel Bashing Hour Part 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's oh, good. yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. Now, hey, real quick. Do y'all know the movie that beat out E.T.? Yeah, it was Gandhi. Yep. Yeah, 1982. Which, if you uh, haven't seen, it's good. But even um, Richard, what's his name? Roper. No, the guy who directed it. Oh, that um, directed Gandhi. Yeah, because he was in Jurassic Park later on. Oh. Uh, he even said that it should have won Best Picture. Did he? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's so funny in retrospect. It's such a no-brainer. Weird. You know, if you could read the Oscars, <laughs> E.T. would would have won Best Picture for sure. There you go. That is Pulp Fiction. On E.T. Now, if you haven't seen it, again, please go watch it. And then listen to our top five movies we're most ashamed we haven't seen. We're going to talk about news? No. Oh, okay. So let's do what we've been watching lately here on Pulp Fiction. We're going to go around the table and uh, just hit one or two things that we've been watching in our downtime here on the show. Jacob, what have you watched lately? Uh, not a whole lot this week. <laughs> Just about ten or fifteen movies is all. No. <laughs> um, let me get back to it here. Oh, oh, Rachel talked about it a lot last week, so I decided I'd check it out. And um, I did watch the first episode of Show Me a Hero. Nice. What um, were your thoughts? Have you watched it yet? Either I have, I'm okay. caught up. Yeah. Are you all four of them? Yeah, I've okay. watched all four. Um, I don't really know the story at all. Did you know the story at all before? You did some research on it. Well. Didn't you? I only did research because I knew that Oscar Isaac was going to be in this thing. So I researched this show, which okay. is based on a true story. Yeah. For the first episode, I thought it was really well done. It gets it's real more and mute, more interesting. Real muted colors as far as like yeah. direction goes and things like that. I thought it was really kind of real pretty. It's set in the 80s or late 70s? 80s. 80s. Okay. Um, so, you know, as far as technical side of it, I thought you know, it's really, you know, pretty. God, random. Like cameo actors in this and cameo is not the right word i can't believe that was peter Rygert from animal house with that oh, yeah. with that beard yeah. thing going on oh, i yeah. mean he looked like a character from the grinch stole, stole christmas or whatever. <laughs> uh, i mean that was just totally cut me off but yeah even like alfred merlina yeah and i know we talked about some of this last week so i just and and they're all so interesting the characters they're portraying they're not like they're total characters yeah um right. so so far so good and you said if it gets better, I, I feel that's like good it, because I thought the first one was a little bit slow. It is, it but is. it's setting things up. But it's building up. it up. Um, I would definitely say that each each episode progressively has become more and more interesting, right. I would say. Okay. Because the characters become, you, you get more acquainted with them and they become deeper and more He's interesting. He's an interesting in all character things. himself, uh, Oscar Isaac is. Yeah. Um, because... He's kind of a Boy Scout, but he looks like he has a problem. I can't really figure it out. He's kind of a dork at the same time. Like, there's just some weird something. Maybe it's just like that. That Sorry, anyone from the East Coast listening. Just that pushy East, Fo- pushy <laughs> East Coast personality. Huh. You know, something like that. Right. So, curious to see how the, that character develops. And, yeah, by the way, on uh, James Belushi, mm-hmm. um, getting old. Yeah, but, yeah weird, but, uh, right? Kind of cool to see him in this, though. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen him in a while. So, and anyway. to me, you know, it's uh, created by uh, David Simon, who did The Wire. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. That's and awesome. and I think you'll start to see, and of course, you know, yeah, the you'll Wire see a lot of that. You'll see a lot of similar. Not, I don't want to say similarities, but you'll definitely see. Yeah, I guess I'd say similarities. He did Tremaine too, right? Yes. Okay. So you'll see a lot of. He's so good at taking mundane things and making them interesting. Did he write it too? I mean, I guess does creating include writing? Or yeah, I think, think so. show running, creating, because yeah. he's done some writing. I mean, it's just amazing how he can develop characters. Yes. I mean, look what he did with The Wire, which, I mean, it's just real simple. I mean, uh, drugs and 
corruption in Baltimore. Yeah. But I mean, it, now it's like this masterpiece. So yeah. He's good at it. You know, I didn't know that. So that, that's that, well, that he's so good at showing the personal human side of politics and and his understanding of that group of people, like minorities and yeah. and that part of the country. Yeah. Like he he really knows his yeah. stuff. That's true. Uh, the the last thing I've really watched, um, I don't know, somebody and I were talking about John Wayne, and uh, so I decided to search a John Wayne movie on Netflix, and and uh, one he's, I guess, according to IMDb, pretty well known for is The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever seen it? Yeah, I have. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good. You know, I don't watch a lot of John Wayne movies, so all I'll say here is that it's actually... Um, Starring Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Then John Wayne and uh, Vera Miles, who I've never heard of. Lee Marvin is the bad guy as Liberty Valance, and um, you know Jimmy Stewart. You can kind of help me out here a little bit, a little bit. But Jimmy Stewart is basically doesn't agree with guns, trying to use mm-hmm. you know rational thought to to solve issues and problems. But you can't do that in the wild, wild west. Right. And you have men like John Wayne and and um, Liberty Valance who just result to, you know, using guns and stuff. Right. There's a pretty interesting little twist at the end, but, it's, you know, I think it's just because we're so used to movies in this day and age and right. twists. Right, yes. So that's that's kind of cool. But, um, you know, since I haven't watched a lot of John Wayne movies, I wonder if the rest of them will be like this, or if this is the movie where he calls someone Pilgrim every five minutes. Because <laughs> uh, he said that all the time, and it almost got annoying. Um, but, you know, everyone I talked to who was older generations... I mean, I see why they love the guy, and I always hear men who cried when he died and things like yeah, that. I respect yeah. that because he does have a, something about his. He's got, he's got a real screen presence, and he seems just like a man's man. He definitely seems and like that's a man's still, man. And I think that that still translates today. Yeah. Um. He's he's very much a man's man. I will say that I've watched a lot of his movies as adults, just because he is an iconic actor and. And he's in some iconic movies. That uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance, The Searchers, True Grit, High Noon, probably is you know most well known and most respected movies. And I like them all. I don't really love any of them. Probably the do same. they just become cliche after a while? I think it's because we've seen so many. I, I think movies have that type of movie. Maybe they I, ran their I, western I, genre into the ground, I, I think which is so. why you don't see them anymore. And by the way, Vera Miles also is in Psycho, I want to say. Uh, oh. She plays Lila Crane in Psycho. But I think that the problem is that today his acting isn't quite as strong. And I think back then he was just accepted because he was this kind of awesome, badass dude. And people liked that. And acting was just now developing into what it became. You know, it didn't hit that. 60s 70s you know kind of like pioneering era of acting so i think when you watch the movies today they're kind of theatrical john wayne movies the acting is everything's kind of over the top so it seems a little cheesy corny. to us and Definitely. corny yeah but at the time it was like he was just badass was a big deal yeah and i gotta i gotta fix my catch myself on this Called him Jimmy Stewart. It's actually James Stewart. It's a little embarrassing. So well, no, but he, his nickname was he went by Jimmy a lot. Well, but not by Jacob Crisop. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for me. All right, Rachel, what have you watched lately? ET. <laughs> Definitely watched ET this week, and because there's so many shameful movies on my list, I also went ahead and watched Silence of the Lambs. Oh, because wow. never you know, I'd of... never seen it, and I thought it was probably have the time a whole other movie podcast. I know that, that would have been number one and number two. Shoot, on, let's keep this to a... a couple minutes. But what'd you think? I thought it was really good. I, I don't know. I liked E.T. more than I liked Silence of the Lambs, which is probably weird. No, that's uh, not. I want to say that's it's weird. It's not exactly an enjoyable movie. Oh, so many I think jokes. It's, enjoyable. it's disturbing. I mean, like, it's I mean, disturbing, like, isn't distur- it? It's not like, oh, fun, E.T. I mean, it's a completely different type of movie, so I enjoyed it. It's crazy that there's e. two more. bad guys in this, but you kind of root for one of the bad guys. Yeah. That, well, yeah. I mean, in a way. Yeah, I'd say you definitely yeah. root for... I mean, Hannibal Lecter is one of the most yeah. well-known villains of all time. Oh, yeah, he's True. iconic. Well, and Buffalo Bill's really well oh, known, too. But yeah, I mean, exactly. Obviously not as big as Hannibal. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and they're both so creepy 
and disturbing. It's like you don't even really. I don't even know. <laughs> we'll who see, like, because because I hadn't seen it. I didn't know that he was making a lady suit. Oh, you didn't? Oh, you no. didn't figure out, uh, nasty, huh? Well, no, I wait, didn't. Like, wait, I knew that... Wouldn't she that big old fat person? <laughs> <laughs> no, you knew, like... like I knew enough knew... about it that he was skinning girls and all that kind of... But right. I didn't know he was making yeah. a lady. Uh, yeah, so. it's jacked up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That yeah. movie scared me to death when I was 12 or 11 I, years old. I can totally oh, I see that. It. It's I just disturbing. It's a, it's a great it's psychological freaky... And, and out of all horror movies, I can deal with zombies or whatever. But when you're just dealing with deranged people, those are the scariest movies to me. Yeah, because it can maybe actually really happen. People do that stuff. People are really deranged. So, uh, I, I mean, it it was great. I think maybe because I've heard about it for so long, I felt like it was maybe a little bit overhyped. I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. Uh, Did you all know that, that, that that's the last movie to sweep the academies? <laughs> you might have thought that it was Kramer vs. Kramer but it's actually Silence of the Lambs that is so informative and, and educational thank you Jacob I did not realize that that's an inside joke it is um, uh, the acting is so good for a horror movie fantastic. I mean Jodie Foster oh, and, yeah. and uh, Anthony Hopkins both now had you been spoiled on a lot of the iconic scenes like did you know puts the lotion oh, on yeah. the skin oh yeah did you know about the the wiener tuck yes you know about the wiener tuck <laughs> I don't like that I don't... <laughs> well yeah yeah I knew, no every guy's I done the wiener tuck what I am curious about is like speak uh, for yourself man <laughs> whatever come on you've done the wiener tuck <laughs> Now, if you hadn't done the Wiener Tuck before you saw Silence of the Lambs, you've definitely done it since you've seen Silence of the Lambs. Uh, you know, why? Why did you watch that scene and be like, "I think I'm going to tuck my Wiener"? I was a shot. I was just more curious than anything if I could do it. And just so you know, it wouldn't all fit behind. <laughs> Ladies, uh, yeah. let me like flashbacks from the first Ace Ventura now. <laughs> I love that I know that Jacob's mom listens to this show. Oh, man. Uh, but had you been spoiled on uh, kind of the twist, I guess, and not the twist ending, but how it ended? That, how... You mean like, yeah? I'm not sure. I know what you're talking about. Well, just that that Hannibal goes free. That and he got away. That yeah. he got away. Yeah. Okay, you didn't know that. Yeah. And I mean, of I course, knew, you knew the, the only having thing... an old dinner or old friend for That's a great line for dinner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The only thing that I, that I didn't know yeah. really was that he was making a lady suit, and I was like, oh, yeah, so, nasty. But I'm glad I didn't know that. That was, I mean, on top of all the other disturbing Say, things the, that were in it, to know why he was doing it, I was like. Oh my gosh, yeah. ew. The details in that house oh, yeah. are yeah. just, you got some, I don't know, creepy, messed up people working on the set there. For sure. I, I think that one now, of my wait, favorite... I know they're all based off of books, so right. maybe that's all in the books, but whoa. I never really watched Hannibal or the sequels or prequels or Red Dragon. Right. I, I watched them all. Because I, I heard uh, they didn't hold a candle to Silence of the Lambs. No, definitely not. I'd say the first sequel was, was pretty good, but it's still... It, Silence of the Lambs is a great film, period, end of discussion. I would say Hannibal is a good sequel and kind of it's good for a horror movie. Uh, but they definitely start to get over the top. And, and almost like I would compare it to how Nightmare on Elm Street was a good film. Uh, not in the same vein, but, but then Freddy Krueger, the character, kind of becomes over the top. They kind of did right. the same thing with Hannibal Lecter. Did they go more... They kind of made it more of a caricature. Did they go more for a gross-out factor? There was a lot of gross things in this movie, but I didn't feel like it was gross to be gross. Oh, they definitely like, did. Uh, I think it was Red Dragon where they have Hannibal Lecter cut... Oh, was it... They cut... Was it Andy Garcia's head open and was, like, chomping on his brain at Yeah, dinner. that kind of like, stuff nasty. is kind of... Yeah. over. The, like, there's a lot of gross things in this, but you don't really see it. How It's kind of, like, after it's happened. Right. And there's a lot of disturbing things, but it wasn't just gory to be gory or anything like that like it, it that's was, where the part where like the truisms that come from it are like that seems like some of that could happen right yeah exactly like and oh especially the taking off the face yeah mask. yeah now did you know that i'm sure you knew this that silence of the lambs wasn't actually hannibal lecter's first screen uh first on-screen portrayal of that character i didn't know that did you know that uh i guess not no yeah manhunter 
was actually the is it very a part first... of the series or is that just yeah, a totally it's... different movie where it's kind of hawked or whatever no it's it's part of the series it's it's where they first introduced i see i only ever thought it was just three a three-part book series or whatever um, which was red dragon then silence of the lambs and then uh, hannibal yeah it's it was written by Tell me the name one more time manhunter Former FBI profiler Will Graham returns to service to pursue a deranged serial murderer named the Tooth Fairy by the media. Uh, what year did it come out? 1986. No, I never heard any of this. Hmm. And that was directed by Michael Mann. But anyways, it was written by Thomas Harris. It was oh. based off Red Dragon. Oh, okay. So there you All go. Right. Yeah. No, I had who Who played Hannibal? And that's what I'm looking up. Brian Cox, that's right. I knew that. Brian Cox oh, okay. played Hannibal right. Lecter. I can see that. I bet yeah. he was pretty. I mean, okay in it. Yeah, it's it's a good movie actually. It it is a good movie. It's definitely worth seeing. But just a little trivia: a lot of people don't know that that it wasn't actually. I did not know that. Yeah. So five years before. So actually. so much respect. Speaking in a couple minutes on Silence of the Lambs. Oh Lance, but, gosh, yeah, we've been talking. But about I mean, uh, but I mean, that's a great movie, and that's a hard one to just talk out. a couple minutes about. Knock yeah. that one out. Well, what I've been watching lately, I would say it's kind of uh, comparable to Silence of the Lambs as far as being a great movie. I watched Pixels this week. Uh, so you did go to the movies. <laughs> you did find something worth watching. I did, well, here's the deal. Okay, I'll, I'll be short about it. Obviously, that was a joke. But let me say this about Pixels. Horrible reviews, right? I actually really enjoyed it. Is it because of the video game part? Probably, probably. I loved, I thought it was really creative and clever. Uh, but yeah, I love the video game part of it. The Pac-Man, the Donkey Kong, Centipede, all those aspects. And at the end, the climax, uh, there's all these cameos from all these different video game characters, from Mario to Paperboy. It was a fun, fun movie. Horrible reviews, and maybe my expectations being so low. You know, Adam Sandler hasn't made a good movie since, you know, the early 2000s. He's just been making terrible movie after terrible movie. But I actually liked Pixels. I thought it was fun. Peter Dinklage I actually thought was hilarious. The guy that plays Olaf, I can't think of his name right Josh now. Josh Gad? Yes. He was really funny in it. Uh, Adam Sandler was just Adam Sandler. Yeah, whatever. He yeah. laughed his own fart jokes. Yeah, Kevin about James. Michelle Monaghan? Yeah, she's a hottie. Uh, of course, I know her best from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and she was also in the first season of True Detective. But she played the... Did token. Sean Bean die in it? <laughs> That's a, he actually doesn't uh but he Whoa. should have they should, they should have killed him just to keep the trend going but i know it's getting horrible reviews i only want to say this if you thought about seeing it because of the cool video game stuff and it looked like a fun movie go ahead and see it i had a really good time with it and i saw it with my girlfriend and my sister and brother-in-law and all four of us really enjoyed it I would say it's worth seeing, despite the bad. Afterwards, did it make you want to do the penis tuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what would you rate it on a scale of uh, you know one to ten? You know, it's hard to say because I know it wasn't a great movie, but I do think it was creative enough. And between the special effects and the comedy, I would give it a. I would give it a seven point five. I really enjoyed it. I like how you give everything a point five. What if I give you a scale of one to twenty? I mean, does that mean you're going to give it a fifteen? See, that seems too high on the scale of 20. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if I give it like a 13, which doesn't like, make any sense. Like, go to 6 or 7, man. <laughs> and I got to give this point five because what seven. What did you do? What did you round it to on IMDb, though? A 7. Okay. I didn't That's round it I up assume. to an 8. eight, eight Eight's felt pretty, too high. That's pretty hefty. So I gave it a 7, but but that's so much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to give it like a 3 or 4 based on... I had heard mixed opinions about it as well. So, I mean, it's getting a 27 on, on uh, IMDb right now. And I would think that a 5 is more realistic. Yeah. it's it's that I'd say it's worth seeing, so... Uh, I've seen a couple other things. I saw uh, the end of the tour starring uh, Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg uh, based on a true story. Is that new? Or? I never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, it just came out. It's an indie movie. You know, it's a, Oh, I know you're talking about Jason Segal plays the writer. Jesse Eisenberg works for Rolling Stone. He goes on a book tour with them. They kind of bond based on a true story. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, probably didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Maybe slightly disappointed. But at the same time, I'd probably give it a 7.5. Do you uh, think Jesse Eisenberg is a good actor? I think that he is very limited. I think he's got very limited range. He can pretty much play a smart, 
jackass, quirky, quick, quick, uh, quick witted, yeah, kind of a smart ass. I think when he plays that role like he did in Social Network, where he plays Mark Zuckerberg, he's perfect for that kind of role. But I feel like anything outside of that, he's, I think he's really one note. You mean like uh, Lex Luthor? Yeah, I don't know about him <laughs> as Lex Luthor, honestly. I. Sorry, I just that's a tangent. I wanted. To, I was curious about. Yeah. What, I, what else did you see? So I saw that. I saw Vacation. We went to the drive-in and saw Pixels and Vacation. Uh, a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. My cousin Nothing said special. there's actually a pretty good point they're trying to make by the end of it about family. Did you get that vibe as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. To for sure. Trying to drive that home. And yeah, I would say so. It wasn't like a, good a good movie. Full house moment, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good, but it was worth seeing. I would definitely say it's worth seeing. Better than I thought it would be, uh, but not good by any means. And speaking of Full House, did you all know that they're rebooting the TV show? Yes. I just found out about Fuller this show. Fuller House. With yeah. DJ's family. What do you all think about this? I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid but I'm going to watch it anyway. Get creative, guys, but uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, guess I I'll watched, probably check it out. I watched yeah, Full House exactly. a lot as, Me too. as a kid. And they made, okay, like, Boy Meets World is one of my favorite TV shows as a kid. So they made Girl Meets World, which is about yeah. Corey's kids. And I, I watch that. It's not a great show, but they do they throw back enough to the old series that I still find it interesting enough. Uh, but even though I watched Full House, it was not a good show. It does not hold up. I always and recognize so it wasn't. I, I, it just while was I'll probably watch maybe the first two episodes, I really highly doubt I'm going to stick with Fuller House. <laughs> Isn't it funny? It's like, I didn't have a car, so I was forced to watch Full House. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's not a good show. It wasn't, and it's still not. No, it's it's a show that if you grew up with it, you're going to like it, and you're going to have special memories of yeah, it. Yeah, I have special memories but of by, it, but it's not But it's good. not a good movie. No. Full good House show. or E.T.? So on that dumb note, that is our show. <laughs> <laughs> that is Pulp Fiction. Be sure to listen to our other podcast where we're going to count down our top five movies that we are ashamed that we have never seen. Thank you for listening this week. Tune in next week.